0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, messing with the defense on day one of BYU football fall camp. Why quarterback Tanner Mangum is more confident than ever. The greatest
1: backup quarterback in BYU history. Blaine Fowler will join us. Who will be his fall camp MVP?
0: Molongi all geared up. And where does Utah rank among the toughest teams BYU will play this season? It's a new 10-10. Let's go. This is
2: BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio.
1: Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem
0: Jordan. BYU Sports Nation, back to work. Live once again, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B. This time, football practice actually happening. Yes! On this day. Woo! We are presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Thursday, July 27th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with SEC scrimmage coordinator, Jerem Jordan. Well, I was thinking that we we would scrimmage a couple of times, and then BYU will be the fifth. Ed Orgeron. <laughs> not bad. Not bad after one day yeah. of practice.
1: Well, when there's YouTube videos of the cookie monster juxtaposed with <laughs> Ed Orgeron, then that's always fun. So yesterday at a Rotary club, Ed Orgeron was speaking and talking about how they're going to handle, LSU that is, how LSU will handle uh, their fall camp, which, by the way, it's in the summer, so at what point do we call it summer camp? Anyway, so here's there are two quotes that are interesting. Let's talk about these. First, he said, let me say this about BYU, 24, 25, 26-year-old guys. You know I love when they go to the age card. A lot of them married, he said. Don't have to worry about curfew. Huh?" Why wouldn't they worry about Kirby? <laughs> They'll have four-year-old sons walking into the game, have a lot of respect for them. I don't know of a single BYU player that has a four-year-old.
0: Yeah, please, somebody inform us because we a we four- put out the feeler and we, we heard nothing back. I, I don't think there is a four-year-old child for any BYU football player.
1: If you want to, you know, uh, stereotype, I, I, I'm not cool on that part with BYU. I just really – Rubs me wrong. Like how Troy many, Warner's like nineteen or twenty, and he doesn't have any kids. Anymore. how
0: many twenty-six-year-old guys are on Hayes the team? Hill was wrestling? twenty-six, yes. but he's not
1: here. He's okay? the
0: outlier, right? He was yeah. the outlier,
1: yeah. the so I, oldest I, guy on the team. I love the age thing. Second thing, <laughs> like I was talking about, how they're going to handle fall camp. Okay, you know? we want to create competition at each position. We want guys under pressure. So what we're going to do is treat this like NFL preseason camp. This is kind of a cool idea. I like. To, we'll have practices during the week. And have what we'll call preseason games right there in Tiger Stadium. Okay. That's cool. We'll have four of them treated just like the NFL. Our fifth will be our first game against BYU. Now, without context, it seems like he would be undermining BYU and saying, ah, oh, it's like a... like The a scrimmage. Stuff, like a pre-season. The full context is that he was not disparaging BYU in any way. No,
0: but that's what happens on but, Twitter.
1: But just a, if you only saw that quote or only that tweet, I'm giving you the context. Then you would think... Oh, oh we're BYU is a scrimmage? What? I think that's kind of a cool idea, though. At the end of the week, you hold a like a preseason game like the
0: NFL. That's cool. I'm going to say this about BYU. <laughs> Coach O, dude. Ed Orgeron. Good. Listen, his guys love him, but it's still year one for that staff. Officially, as the guys. First game will be BYU. That is... And
1: Orginon's first game at LSU is against BYU.
0: That's why he's doing these scrimmages, so yeah. that it doesn't feel like that, so his yeah. guys can get a feel for what it's going to be like in a game-type scenario. I, I think it's a great strategy from LSU. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> but it's to BYU's benefit that they are game number one against this new staff. Remember and, Nebraska? And
1: BYU will have Portland State to warm up with.
0: No, I know Nebraska and LSU are very different, but the coaching staff situation is the same. Uh, BYU football is about to get back to work, and that starts off our headlines today.
2: It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines.
0: It is official, Jerem. Fall camp begins today with an actual practice. We will have full coverage After practice, roughly 8-15 Eastern with all-access Facebook Live videos, players, coaches, as well as a recap of the top storylines from practice. Again, on Facebook Live, question and answer session with Jerem and myself. Also, mark your calendars
1: for the following events. August 4th, there will be a movie night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They're showing, I am Moana. August 5th, BYU 50 in Utah. We'll be involved with that. That'll be fun. August 15th, the Cougar kickoff. You can meet... Uh, the fall team uh, rosters and coaches at that—that'll be fun. The Cougar sale as well. August 17th is an open practice at Lavelle Edwards Stadium from 4:30 to 6. Doors open at 3:30 at the stadium. There, that is a Thursday, so you might need to get off work early or take the day off. August 19th—you can say that Spencer said you need the day off—and then August 19th is the Big Blue Bl- uh, Bash in Salt Lake, the Salt Lake County or Salt Lake County Cougar Club chapter. Uh, We will be a part of that. Greg Rebell, Blaine Fowler. It's going to be a ton of fun. Blaine will join us coming up as well. So mark your your, uh, Franklin Covey planners for those five dates.
0: Speaking of fall camp, and after all of that stuff we just laid out, we want to know what you think today, BYU Sports Nation, with our Twitter question. Who do
1: you think will be the fall camp MVP
0: and why? Use the hashtag BYUSN.
1: Call it on day one. Let's go. Hey, hey. That would, that would do well. Call it on day one. At Flack Drew. I hope it will be someone we don't expect. We need an unexpected playmaker this season. <laughs> Last
0: year, Jamal That'd Williams. Nice, right? We've seen a couple of backup quarterbacks win it in previous years. Tanner Mangum and Christian Stewart. Because we were bored with the starter. Is that what happened? Probably.
1: It's Listen, it's who we think the most valuable player, the best player. It's more like best player. Most Value is so arbitrary. Who's the best player in fall camp? That's yeah.
0: who we give them. Who impresses? Yeah. Tell us what you think. Use the hashtag BYUSN. On to our next headline. In the NFL, safety Daniel Sorensen opens up training camp with Jason Shepard's Kansas City Chiefs today. Their first preseason game set for August 11th against the San Francisco 49ers.
1: USA men's volleyball loss to the Dominican Republic in three sets last night at the Pan American Cup in Canada. Former Cougar Jake Langlois led Team USA with seven points. The U.S. plays Cuba tonight at 6
0: Eastern. Former BYU golfer Zach Blair currently one under par at the RBC Canadian Open tied for 35th in the first round. Canadian favorite, hometown guy Mike Weir, at one over par and he is tied for 59. Daniel Summerhays will tee off at 1245 Eastern. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority.
3: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending, a BYU sports nation. Messing with the defense. Word, you know, dummy calls, you can act like you're audibling, but really the words don't mean anything. (laughs) You know, you can do different motions, which, you know, which messes with the defense. Uh, You can, um, you know, call things out, you know, act like you're – you're changing a play, but really you're, just, you know, you're keeping it the same.
0: These are the types of things that Tanner Mangum is doing now as the guy for BYU football, to mess with the defense. He feels way more comfortable about formations, calls, dummy signals. He wants to it's throw them dummy. up. He's not worried about, okay, what are we doing on this play anymore? He knows. And he knows now so that he can try and be surgical. He's not just going to. Well,
1: I need to see that he knows this in games. Because the last two games we've seen, I I don't agree with those statements. Well, not the case. But we asked him, where do you
0: improve the most? And he said, well, last year I was wondering where guys were supposed to be and what they were going to do. In the spring game,
1: I felt like he was still in that mold. So I think he's talking about this summer. Absolutely he is. And I want to see it in fall camp. I want to see it more importantly, against Portland State, LSU, Utah, Wisconsin. Which is which is Denver. why I chose yeah. the word
0: plans, something he plans to do in fall camp and this season. But, look, I mean, he opened up yesterday with us in Studio B, and the the proof is always in the pudding. We will start to see that. Why is Tanner Mangum so much more confident when his last two games did not go as planned? Yeah,
1: right? and those were in the rain, and those were tough situations, obviously, but... Uh, I think we're all kind of thinking like, "Hey, 2015 Tanner Mangum in this new offense, please, with the Caesar on the side." That's what, what I want. Okay. <laughs> are you hungry?
0: Yeah. For for, <laughs> for practice tonight. Now, you and I have talked about this on the show a few times, and we discussed it with him yesterday about why he's more confident. And when you know you're the guy, and there's no living in the shadow of Taysom Hill, but I mean, you are dubbed the starter. From day number one. Well, it was once Taysom got hurt against Utah State. It oh, was he was the guy.
1: It was that
3: moment. He's that the guy. The
0: like now, it's your team. Okay, that does something for a player's confidence. This is what Tanner had to say about that.
3: Knowing that I'm the guy just helps with confidence mostly. Just it gives you that uh, just you know that that leadership. You know, knowing that you can go in and and. um and kind of, you know, Coach Coach Ataki just told me, you know, just make it your team, you know, and make sure to hold guys accountable, make sure guys are, you know, doing their job. And, you know, I've, I've just done my best to kind of lead by example and, uh, you know, put in a lot of work.
0: How much do you think
3: that really
0: factors into it? It sounds like because he's locked in and we saw yesterday him say, I got a lot of work to do. I'm signing off of Twitter until the season is over.
1: Which I was really annoyed about. He never got back to me about those shoes. 11 and a half. And then he bounced off to it. How am I supposed to get a hold of him? Just ask him in person. You're right. I'll ask Okay, you, I'll ask him later today. I'll you be can like, do it that way. Hey, but clearly,
0: and he said, one of my favorite quotes ever, and there are a number of different varieties of it, but essentially, to get something you've never had, to accomplish something you've never accomplished, you've got to do things you've never done. And he is trying to take that approach. He spent more time In the playbook, more time with Coach Detmer, more time understanding formations, getting off social media. Like He's trying new things so he can focus in that much more.
1: This does not excite me in the least. I'm very neutral about this. Here's why. When fall camp starts, everything is great. Everyone is in amazing shape. Everyone put in work in the offseason. Everyone dot, dot, dot. There are some guys who mailed it in. There are some guys who didn't work that hard. We will see that play out. I like seeing things more than I like hearing things, right? Especially with this. So I'm excited today because we actually get to go into practice. Who looks good? And then we'll overanalyze this for the next month. Because that's what we do. And then once we get to games, now we get actual answers. So there's levels of interest here. I'm extremely excited for practice today. All this talk is fantastic. But I want to see on the field... Production. So That's you, what I want to see, didn't baby.
0: Feel even one morsel of greater confidence oh, sh- after that conversation sure with Tanner I did. Mangum.
1: But it doesn't. It doesn't really matter okay, unless just, you do I'm it on the field. I'm asking if it yeah. registered
0: to you because yeah, after I talked did. with him, I thought I feel a little bit better about the hands that the BYU offense have been left in. Well, if,
1: and of course the rhetoric is going to be positive. Why would it be not? Well, Why and from, from wouldn't Tanner it be Mangum, positive? especially
0: because he's an optimistic what? guy, right? Like if there was serious trouble. You
1: don't say it out loud. You know what I mean? I'm not saying there's trouble. In fact, I think this is an exciting time where we see the development of these groups, right? But I'm more excited to see it, not talk
0: about it. Mm. Okay. How do you gauge your excitement, BYU Sports Nation? Listen to this next soundbite from the quarterback, Tanner Mangum, on just how much better he really does understand Ty Detmer's
3: offense. Now... I don't even need a card sheet. I can just go out there and line guys up, you know, add motions, add shifts, and call whatever formation I want, whatever play I want, and I can you know, tell guys, hey, like, adjust your route this way. And just, just having that freedom to know what I'm doing, to be in complete control and just uh, confidently walk up to the line of scrimmage, knowing where where guys are going to be, being able to toy with the defense and mess with them a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's it's fun being able to have that control of it.
0: And that right there is probably the thing that made me feel better the most.
1: You needed to feel better? I mean? was a,
0: I was a little uncertain.
1: Oh, because of the
0: last two just times we've seen him play? Everything, right? The switch over in offense. Everything that happened. Even Ty Detmer and Tanner have admitted, look, my, my head was elsewhere last year, right? He's all in. And for him to say, I don't need a card anymore. I just need to look at the defense and be like, okay, we're doing this. Make it happen.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see what that means for the offense, too. Like, does this mean that BYU converts at a higher level on third down? Does this mean that BYU have the more than a paltry 15 touchdown passes last year? Which was really low. BYU still won nine games because Jamal Williams was fantastic. What does this mean for the offense? I, if it means that there's a higher production at a higher level, oh, yeah, let's go, man. And we'll overanalyze everything, which is part of the fun, actually. Fall camp, like, all of a sudden, Bo Tanner has, like, Three touchdown catches in. Oh, Bo Tanner! Online. Hey, Bo, Ta- Bo early, Tanner! Bo early Tanner. fall
0: camp MVP yeah. candidate. Like
1: we, I promise you, this will happen. It will happen tonight on Facebook Live when we do our recap. <laughs> I guarantee
0: it. <laughs> Should we make a goal to not overanalyze? No,
1: because that's not not as it's fun. Just not as fun. I'm, I'm just You're saying, right. brace yourself for the fun over. And, and like the Portland State game, no matter what happens, we will overanalyze it. If you are win seventy to three, we were like, they're ready for LSU. They're ready. They're so ready.
0: Yeah, just like Texas was ready for BYU when they yeah. beat North Texas 55-7 to 7, uh, and then Taysom ran all over them, right? Ah, oh, very different.
1: <laughs> LSU and Texas, very, <laughs> very, very different programs, Spencer. <laughs> yes, they Sorry, are. Sorry, we're doing that until they play LSU. Oh,
0: nom, 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 nom. <laughs> he's a really good football coach. I'll give him that. As an interim guy, he's been fantastic. We'll see you as a head coach. Now he's the guy. Now he's the yeah. guy. Now my yeah. question for all of you is how much do you base excitement for what Tanner Mangum is capable of? off his freshman season when he came in a few months off of a mission and led BYU to a pretty darn successful season and did something that no other freshman quarterback had ever done. That takes us to our stat of the day.
2: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the
1: day. Tanner Mangum in 2015 had the most wins, passing yards, and passing TDs of any freshman quarterback in BYU history. There hadn't been a ton that had had that opportunity, but Tanner Mangum was the best BYU's ever had as a freshman at quarterback. So I think, now, I think now we almost go 2016, delete, the end of the Utah State game. It was cold. The game wasn't in jeopardy. BYU was winning. Wyoming, handoff to Jamal. It's raining. Spring game is spring game. We're all kind of dismissing that and not letting that tell us. Because the, the greatest indicator of the future is the present. And the present wasn't good there, but I'm not that bugged. I'm like you. After yesterday, I'm like, hey, I'm excited to see Tanner Mangum.
0: Yes. We'll hear more from Tanner Mangum in a bit, including why he's so excited about what his teammates have done. Up next, Jaron breaks down the top 10 teams BYU will face this upcoming season, and Uncle B tells us who his fall camp MVP will be. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Nationally simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Yes, this is BYU Sports Nation. Our conversation is going right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and follow our Twitter handle at BYU Sports Nation to engage with us whenever you feel like it.
1: Do it! And behind the mic with Greg Rebell debuts six days from now, August 2nd, 8 to 9 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the app.
0: The second guest on that show will be fantastic, Chad Lewis. Yeah. Not the, so the, much the, the first, first guess. The
1: first guess, if you can get through the first guess, I think you'll really enjoy the second guess.
0: Good luck with that. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Who do you think will be the Fall Camp MVP? That is our Twitter question today at Hot Wings85 says, Why would it not be Johnny Linehan? Because he's a punter. Come on, man. I know. I'm, you're kidding. There was no reference to fourth and no more, so no yellow card. Yeah, yeah. No yellow there. card. And Johnny has a chance, right? What if he's no, he doesn't incredible. He does not have a chance. He has zero. What point. if he's incredible in fall camp? Does he's nothing not- wrong. We can't do anything really right. <laughs> in practice. <laughs> I'm just. What? I'm just trying to. Hunter's Understand value is great. How Johnny in an would game. be the fall camp MVP? He, he
1: ain't be in the MVP, dog.
0: He can be the fall camp social media MVP. We may hand that out. That's something we do on the show a lot. Social yeah. media, okay. So perhaps a new category. Won't be
1: the fall camp straight up MVP. He's got no <laughs> shot. He's got four over nineteen chances.
0: Joining us now in studio B is Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, national champion and dual threat BYU TV sports analyst. Blaine, who's going to be the fall camp MVP?
2: I don't. I, I think it's going to be Moroni. Oh, a tight end. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tight end, and and I think there's a great. I think there's a great stable of tight ends. It was fun. I, you guys both commented on a, on a. I don't know if it was an Instagram or a tweet I put out. I went golfing with my boys just to kick off fall camp. And so I had Kellen Landon and Gavin there, and we got talking about receivers, because that's my big question for fall camp. And I mean, as a collective group, wide receivers and tight ends. And we got on the subject of tight ends, and it was really fun, because remember, those three covered all these guys in practice and then played in games. And they were talking about what a game-changing position the tight end can be if you're really, really good there. And it's fun to get a perspective from the boys when you're talking Johnny Harleen, Andrew George, Dennis Pitta, Spencer Need. I mean, they covered all these guys in practice and to hear what they think about these different guys. But as we were talking, they were going, Johnny Harleen reminds, or, or, you know, they think Moroni reminds him of Johnny Harleen. Interesting. And they said, if you think about it, as great as Dennis Pitta it has, was and has been since until his injuries, and he's a prototypical NFL tight end, Johnny Harline was the craziest matchup for defensive teams as a tight end here at BYU. You could take, you could say, let's see what Utah did. Let's put the best player in the country at his position on him one-on-one, and then you still go, so what? We don't care if Eric Whittle's on him. We're still throwing him the ball because you can't stop him. Yeah, they knew it was coming in that specific game. And Eric Weddle still could not prevent Johnny from catching the yeah, So He, he was, a, he was a crazy matchup problem. And Den- Dennis Pitta was an every down guy, chain mover, third and nine. Who are you going to? I'm throwing it to Dennis. He's a big mismatch. But Johnny Harling, every team would say, well, we're just going to have to put our best guy on him. And they would still go, we don't care. We're still throwing it to him because he will go and get it. He will outrun a big guy. He will muscle up a small guy, and he's a terrible matchup problem. So to me, I think Moroni can play that kind of a role. Mm. And how about the fact that you got Bushman, who I thought looked tremendous in spring ball, more like a Dennis Pitta kind of a guy. you got Baldry, who really emerged as a big physical guy. Maybe he's the Andrew George uh, of that group. All of a sudden, uh, a position group that has been really suspect the last several years, I'm looking at it going, wow, could this be a really, really good emerging group that's hard to match up with. And if we can get a guy, if Moroni can become even close to Johnny Harleen where he creates matchup problems and become a go-to guy, now BYU's offense becomes explosive in the pass game, and it can be really fun. So if you
1: get one answer of the following, do you still want tight ends? Hey, you're going to see who the guys are, and and you're going to have a good feel going into Portland State of running backs, receivers, or tight ends. You, you want to know tight ends? Three.
2: I feel like I know running backs. Like I don't know who it's going to be, but I don't think that Ty's concerned about or Reno's concerned about running backs or Mike Empey, the offensive line coach for that matter, because he's you know responsible for the run game and making sure that they know what they're doing. I I feel like they they feel hey, it may not be one guy, it may not be squally every down, but they have guys with situational skills where they can put guys in in certain situations and they feel like they can really, really execute. So I'm not worried about running back. I think they're going to be fine as a group. Um, tight end and wide receiver where I have questions going in, I feel really good about the offensive line going in. Not just the starters, but the depth is really good on the offensive line. So I think the run game is going to be fine. So the passing game, I feel like they're going to transition into this more throw-based team balance, but more throw than last year. Um, and I think that the tight end group, if they can emerge, then then they can carry the wide receivers. If you got a really great weapon inside and they start getting concerned about those tight ends and sometimes you play two tight ends at a time, now the wide receivers can roam a little bit more and they become an effective group as well. So I want answers on the tight end. I think we're going to get answers on the tight end because I think the skill set is there. Um, and And to me, when the season's all said and done, we're going to look back and go, Wow, BYU you had really good tight ends this year. We didn't know that going in. And I think that, and if that happens, this will be a really good football team.
1: You've triggered a thought in my mind when we look at the two position groups, wide receivers and tight ends. Is there more potential talent? I think there's talent in both, but when you look at changing the game and helping the pack, is, is there more there with the tight ends than the receivers right now?
2: Tight, tight ends, I think, can make it easier on quarterbacks. Than, than wide receivers can. I mean, it's great to have a great wide receiver. When Austin Colley was out there roaming, that was, you know, for Max, that was nice. That was his safety blanket. Like, so all the way back 900 years ago when I played, you had Glenn Kozlowski out there. You had great receivers. We had Mark Bellini, Adam Haysburg, Glenn Kozlowski. We had Dave Mills, who was a great tight end. So we had a great core of receivers. But if I was in the game and I was getting chased and everything looked covered, if I saw Glenn Kozlowski out of the corner of my eye, he was the guy that would just go, I don't even care if he's covered. Because I'll just throw it out there. Because he will either make a play and catch the ball. Or he'll knock it down. He will not let it get intercepted. He will take the helmet off of the defender before he'll let him <laughs> intercept the ball. I believe so, that. So, I don't, I don't know if somebody like that can emerge. But typically it hasn't been a wide receiver. For us it was. Typically it's been a tight end. Steve Young's check down guy was Gordon Hudson, the tight end. And then after that, Casey Tiamolo, the fullback. Clay Brown back for Jim back. Clay, Clay Brown was the check down guy for Jim. You know, we, we talked about... During, you know, Daniel Coach, Spencer Need, um... Andrew George, who was a phenomenal player but played in the shadow of the, Johnny Harleen, Dennis Pitta. When BYU has a great tight end that's a matchup problem, it makes life really, really easy for a quarterback. So if I could have a great tight end or a great wide receiver as a quarterback, I would rather have a great tight end that people don't match up with. Think about the NFL right now. Ask Tom Brady about who, it. Who is the most scary offensive weapon outside of the quarterback Rob position? Rob Gronkowski. In the NFL. He is the scariest matchup in the NFL. He's the, he's the scariest offensive Offensive player in the league, only Cam outside can outside of over. a quarterback, right? And so that's the position to me. If that position can emerge, that's huge for Tanner Mangum.
0: Yeah, when you're drafting a tight end as your first pick in a fantasy football draft, you know that guy <laughs> is a player. Well,
2: and we, you know, Kellen and I were talking because so Kellen covered him all game in the Arizona game, and and I was like, "Who's the?" We were talking well, about Vegas Bowl. Who's the greatest players you guys ever played against? And Kell, I go like Landon's telling me, yeah, and then I go to Kellen, he goes, "Are you kidding me?" Gronkowski. it's it's nuts. Like he's impossible to cover. Even if you're on him, he's so long he'll just post you up like a like a, a post player in basketball, and he gets you behind him. His arms are so long and he's so strong. If the quarterback throws it in the right spot, you can't cover him with a single guy. And then he runs away from people and runs over people. And so so that position to me can be a great help to Tanner Mangum if it can develop. I know Steve Clark's excited about the talent he has there. Let's see how they progress in fall camp. So I'm hoping that that's the story by the end of fall camp, and I'm hoping it's the story at the end of the year. Very
0: good stuff with Blaine Fowler thus far, national champion quarterback at BYU. Which side of the
2: ball do you have more confidence in at this point, the offense or the defense? I'm really confident in the defense because they gave us confidence last year. The offense, brand-new offense last year, we knew that the offense was going to be slower to adjust, and this is a little bit of another transition because now they, they partially went to ties. Philosophy offensively, but Ty tweaked it to take advantage of, T- of Taysom's running ability and the fact that they had a very young offensive line, and they had an NFL tailback running back. So now they tweak it a little bit more, running back by committee. They feel really good about the offensive line. Um, this first group is experienced. They got good leadership. They're physical. The group behind them are a bunch of NFL guys. So none of those starters will go into a a practice week this year not feeling like, man, I better step it up because that guy behind me physically is as good as I am. I only have a little more experience. That's why I'm out here. That's good for an offensive line. So there's some questions that are answered that we didn't have last year, but it's still a little bit of a transition to a little bit different emphasis offensively. And we've got questions at wide receiver. We've got questions at tight end. Physically, I think there's guys out there, but they need to answer those questions for us. Defensively? There's not a position group that I don't feel good about. I feel like they'll be as good or better than they were last year defensively. And that was a good defensive football team last year. Oh, absolutely. Offensively, we're mainly thinking depth chart revealed. Like,
1: who's where and what's going on and how do they look? But at the heart of everything BYU is doing is Tanner Mangum. To some degree, we're just dismissing 2016. One, because it wasn't that good. Two, because it was in the rain. And three, because, well, it was just different, whatever. We look to 2015 to some degree of Tanner Mangum and go, okay, that's what he can do. So what do you expect initially from Tanner Mangum now that it's his
2: offense and he's sat a year? Yeah, I, I think we'll see a, a smarter Tanner Mangum. This is a completely different offense. Ty's asking him, and you, you guys you know, had some quotes from him coming into this segment where he talked about now he's understanding how people are supposed to be lined up and what formations work. And In, in 2015, it was get up to the line of scrimmage and run the play. You're not changing the play. No matter what it is, you run it. Go and, fast, go hard. And we're going to go really, really fast, and we're going to wear teams down, and we're going to win in the fourth quarter. Way different philosophy. So so I think we see a Tanner Mangum that's, that's more thoughtful in what he does, that has more control over what they're doing offensively, can check to things that he's comfortable with against certain defenses. And this can be a vertical passing game. I, I see it being more vertical than last year, but it's a ball control. Ty Detmer's offense is a – you know versions of the West Coast offense. I call it an NFL style offense. Ball control. Take what the defense gives. If the defense is going to crowd the line scrimmage, throw it over the top. If they're going to drop off, pick them apart underneath and find the holes in that defense. I think we're going to see a smart Tanner Mangum whose completion percentage comes up significantly and who's very effective at moving the chains and controlling the football. And don't you know Ty doesn't want this to be. I don't think Ty wants it to be a top ten passing offense. I think I think he wants it to be a top twenty five passing offense. You know, 285 to 300 yards a game. I mean, if you if you want to think about comparables out there, Missouri was number 20 in the nation in pass offense. UCLA was number 19. I think UCLA with Josh Rosen. They've had good backs. Balance. Um, 25th in the country last year was USC with Sam Darnold. A balance between run and throw. But at 25th in the country, USC threw for just just under 277 yards a game. So if they can be I'm thinking 285 to 300 yards a game throwing the football. Rush the football for between 150 and 200 yards a game. Now you got balance, and this is the kind of offense Ty wants to run. So we're going to see a very different offense than we saw Tanner Mangum run in 2015. And if he's running it right, his completion percentage is between 65 and 70. His touchdown-to-interception ratio is 2 or 3 to 1, and they're controlling the football and not turning the ball over. That's what I hope we see. I think with a whole year where he's the guy now, since the bowl game, he's the guy, we'll see him make really, really good decisions.
0: Well, when you got a team full of 25 and 26 year olds with (laughs) four year old kids, like, it's an unfair advantage, right?
2: BYU should be that good. Did did you see the CVS sports thing where they they showed the average age and BYU was 23 and Alabama was (laughs) 22.7? I'm like, are they going to get off of this thing or what? Plus, it's not the roster.
1: It's the the two deep. That's what matters. Right. Who cares about the third string, the age of the third string punter? How yeah. That doesn't 19, matter. How
0: They're, many of your 1984 teammates had four-year-old
2: children when you played with them? So I don't remember anybody... <laughs> Having four year olds, I did. Don't bring it up. So when we were playing Michigan in the in the Holiday Bowl, Kellen was a little tiny baby in the stands, and I'm going in the game, and I know Brenda was pacing up and down. She burned like a thousand calories carrying little baby Kellen up and down. (laughs) So I had a baby at a bowl game, you know. But that game, that Michigan game, I'll never forget this. So. It's a, it's a little different perspective. And and I've told you guys this before. I don't know if I've ever told it on the air, but we were at a function at SeaWorld before the Holiday Bowl when we were playing Michigan. There was a group of BYU players and a group of Michigan players, probably 15 on each side, just visiting before the function. And one of the Michigan guys goes, um, yo, they let you guys bring your girlfriends to the bowl game? We could never bring our girlfriends. And one of our guys goes, no, 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 those – you can't bring a girlfriend, but we, you can bring wives. And so if you're married – you were allowed to bring your wife, and the university I would have pays said for it. Wife
1: in the Yeah, situation. wife.
2: Yeah, I know. And and, and, and he says, nah, we've got." And I can't remember what it was. We got like thirty-seven players that are married. We have like twenty-something guys that have kids. And a Michigan guy very quickly without thinking goes, "Oh, we got more than twenty guys with kids. We just don't have anybody <laughs> married." So so a little different philosophy, you know. Maybe you know, maybe Alabama has as many kids as BYU does. <laughs> it's that BYU goes about it a different way. Right? Yeah. So maybe LSU. I'm sure LSU has some kids.
0: Just nobody married, right? Yeah. Hey. Tw- just a bunch of 26-year-olds playing college football, right? It's
1: really yeah. benefited it, BYU with all those BCS and college watch, football players. You
2: watch recently. a, a – a, player come back from a mission, for the year back from his mission, and then you tell me a mission's good for somebody, athletically. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's not. This is, this is a great topic, not on the stage.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. Blaine, great stuff, man. We good to talk the to you time. guys. Thanks, Blaine. Alright, Blaine thinks that Moroni Laulupututau, MLP, is going to be the fall camp MVP in an emerging tight end group. What do you think? At J underscore Royal 09 says, I honestly didn't know fall camp MVP was a yeah. thing. They're all MVPs. Hashtag mom motivation.
1: It, we, this is a thing we do. We hand out. For the last four years. The fall camp MVP. We did it with the spring. We did it with spring ball as well. Do you know who our MVP was for spring ball? Was it Bushman? The, sorry.
2: The, yes. Matt, yeah, Bus- see, Matt Bushman. So there you go. At least my position group did it in spring. Matt Bushman. Right. Yeah. That's and right. you know what? After that after that spring game, I was really pumped about the tight end group. And I think it's going to just expand. Let's go. Let's,
0: Let's go. go. The 10 and 10 top teams that BYU will face in 2017 next Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, nationally simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere.
1: We missed our convo at the beginning of the program. We brought back some sounds from Tanner Mangum yesterday who was on the program on a fall camp preview. Why is he more confident, more prepared? And what can he do with the playbook now that he couldn't do? Last year, plus Blaine Fowler weighed in on who he thinks the fall camp MVP will be and what position group he wants to see emerge in fall camp. Download the podcast if you missed any of them.
0: In just a moment, we'll tell you why Tanner Mangum is so excited about what his teammates are doing, which only adds to the hype machine. Jerem also part of that. We should refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, starting with this. Football fall camp opens today. They reported yesterday. They practice for the first time today. BYU football practice is back. Yes. 815 Eastern. Join us for all access Facebook Live videos, players, coaches, as well as a recap of the top storylines from day one of practice. Again, on Facebook Live, question and answer with Jerem and myself. Don't miss it. So
1: that's an opportunity to not just see the players and coaches, the interviews. You can ask us questions, and we'll try and field those as much as we can on the practice field, which will be fun. Also, mark your calendars for the following events. August 4th, movie night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They're showing Moana. You're welcome. August 5th, hashtag BYU50 in Utah. August 15th, the Cougar kickoff. August 17th, an open practice at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And then August 19th, the big blue bash in Salt Lake. We will be a part of that. We're very excited.
0: Daniel Sorensen of the Kansas City Chiefs, former BYU standout, opens training camp with the Kansas City Chiefs today. Their first preseason game, August 11th, against the San Francisco 49ers.
1: USA men's volleyball lost to the Dominican Republic in three sets last night at the Pan American Cup in Canada. Former Cougar Jake Langlois led Team USA in scoring with seven points. The U.S. plays Cuba tonight, 6 Eastern time.
0: Former BYU golfer Zach Blair currently tied for 24-2 under par in the first round of the RBC Canadian Open. Canadian Mike Weir tied for 52nd right now at even par. Daniel Summerhays tees off in about 6 minutes, 1245 Eastern time. I told you that we would go back to the Tanner Mangum conversation and now it's time to deliver on that. Why is the quarterback not just excited about where he has improved, but what about his team and what he's seen from them over the summer? that makes him feel confident in what this BYU offense is capable of. Listen to this from the quarterback.
3: It's been fun to see the the number of guys that are on that same level that are putting in a ton of extra work, You know, really getting stronger, changing their bodies, getting a lot better. Just a couple of weeks ago I went in on a, sa- on a Saturday just to get some work in and, and, and throw a little bit, and there were 25 guys there from the team that didn't have to be there on a Saturday, but they were just in there getting some extra work, lifting, running, and uh, that, that's exciting to see, you know, when you got a big chunk of guys that are willing to put in extra work.
0: Tanner Mangum, the quarterback leader, doing his best to set the example and now talking about a bunch of guys. He mentioned the number specifically, like 25 guys on a Saturday didn't need to be there, but were.
1: You know, it would be awesome if we had that list. We're like, oh, this guy wasn't
0: there. Oh, you care? <laughs> oh, and you don't care? You didn't do
1: extra, extra, extra work? You're in trouble.
0: The point is, BYU's getting ready for the Furious 5. Or maybe today we call it the Furious 10, Jerem, because you are no. ranking.
1: There's, there are not <laughs> 10 Furious teams on this schedule.
0: Okay, the Furious 5 plus 5 others, which make up Jerem's top 10 in 10 teams that BYU football will face this year. Let's go. 10 lists in 10 weeks. It's
2: Jerem 10 in 10.
1: That's right. Today we look at the top ten teams BYU will face in 2017. Not mentioned: Portland State every week. Sorry, UNLV and UMass. Number ten: Utah State. At least they were mentioned, right? Three and nine last year. Five starters return on both sides of the ball, including the leading passer, rusher, and receiver on offense. The Aggies had a nice run from 2012 to 14, but guess what? It's 2017. They've gone nine and 16 the
0: past two seasons. That team picked to finish last in the Mountain West Conference Mountain Division. Whoa. Super neato. Number nine, Fresno
1: State. I like the Jeff Tedford hire. He turned Cal into a top 20 program. I'm not saying he'll do that at Derek Carr U, but I think Fresno State could contend in the next three years again in the Mountain West. Four wins the last two years. I expect at least that many this year. The top passer, rusher, and receiver as well are back for Fresno
0: State. You had Jeff Tedford as the second best coach that BYU will face. I think he's a good coach, man. He's got a lot of work to do with Fresno State. Yes, he does. Number eight, San Jose State. Brett Brennan is in his first
1: year with the Spartans, 4-8 and eight last year. They aren't good, but they're number eight on this list. St. <laughs> Joseph State hasn't had a winning record since 2012 when they beat BYU in San Jose.
0: That team finished ranked 25th. David fails as the quarterback, the guy that got drafted into the NFL.
1: He didn't fails against BYU. Number seven, East Carolina. That's not a state. Three and nine last year, but two of the top three rushers for the five, uh, five top receivers are back on a team that beat North Carolina State, who should have beaten Clemson. Transitive property, East Carolina should have won the national title last year. Just kidding. (laughs) Number six, Hawaii. The Rainbow Warriors ended up being the best of the rest on this list outside the Furious Five. Seven and seven last year, which is a super weird record. Quarterback Drew Brown is back. Diosemi St. Just, fantastic name. A returning thousand yard rusher. Anything coach Nick Rolovich versus BYU? Scares me as I've chronicled on this program. 72-45 in
0: 2001. He was the quarterback. The Warriors are the trap game, in my opinion, for BYU. Number five of the Furious Five, I have Utah
1: as the worst of them. The past six losses for BYU don't have anything to do with the expectations of this Ute roster. Vegas has them at five and a half wins. That sounds crazy. I think they're better than that. The media has Utah as the Pac-12 South runner-up, by the way, this week. This is a tough game no matter what, when, who, why, where, or how, but I have Utah at number five. Number four. I love how you worded that, by the way, as the worst of the furious five. Number four, Boise State. There's not a huge difference, by the way, between three and four. We'll get to that. The Broncos are one of the most consistent programs of the past two decades, but this team lost big-time playmakers in Jeremy McNichols and Thomas Spurbeck. Brian Harson will hope Brett Rippin and 1,000-yard receiver Cedric Wilson can reproduce 20 yards a catch again this season.
0: BYU hosting Boise State in Provo has typically been a good thing. I don't think that changes in 2017.
1: Number three, Mississippi State. The Bulldogs were 6-7 and seven last year, but beat 7th-ranked Texas A&M three weeks after the BYU double overtime game. Nick Fitzgerald, one of the top three dual-threat quarterbacks in the country. They're expected to be a second-tier team in the SEC West, but that's pretty good. The top two rushers, five of six receivers,
0: and three of the top four tacklers are all back. Yes, six and seven last season, but I think this team will be in and out of the top 25 all season long. Yeah, if you're
1: a nine-win team in the SEC, you're probably ranked. Number two, LSU. This is quite possibly the crowned jewel of BYU's independent scheduling. Playing a top 10 team on a neutral-ish site on ESPN? Legit, I dare say elite! New head coach Ed Orjanon will have the Tigers ready for this, quote, preseason game. Darius Geis is a Heisman Trophy candidate and the best player that BYU plays in 2017. And the number one team that BYU will play in 2017 is Wisconsin. Highest-ranked BYU team from Phil Steele and ESPN's Football Power Index, but more importantly, my 10-10. This is a preseason top-10 team, 32-9 the last three years, in the Big Ten. Physically, this will be a huge challenge after LSU and Utah. Goodness. But BYU will get a 2-0 Wisconsin team, who will have beat Utah State in the opener, in its first road game of the season in Provo, that is big time, and that wraps up the ten and ten teams edition.
0: All right, LSU and Wisconsin at number two and number no, one, no shock respectively. In the top two,
1: but those are two top fifteen teams with Utah in the middle. That set of three games is
0: amazing. Yeah, pretty pretty incredible start for BYU football. If the Coug- I mean, just if the Cougars can get through that first three, I, I- want at least one win. With I'll take one... a
1: win, and it better be over Utah. It's
0: a quality win, right? <laughs> quality win.
1: Compete, give yourself a chance in the other two. Just see if something crazy can happen.
0: It will mean something. LSU is 37 days away, Jerem. So that means Portland State is how many?
2: Countdown to the Vikings.
0: 30 days.
1: We're getting into the weird syllable phrase. Mm-hmm. Phase. Mm-hmm. And phrase. It's phrase.
0: 30 days away. BYU football plays a game. In In 30 days! Less than a month at this point. It was exactly one month from yesterday. BYU takes on... Four weeks on Saturday. The not listed in the 10 and 10 teams BYU face, Portland State Vikings. We're going to
1: start to get NFL exhibitions here in a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, baby! Woo! Let's go. Football is back. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Mo Longy gets fitted for his BYU football gear. What size shoe do you put on Big Mo? We'll show you pictures! He's an early candidate for fall camp MVP after day one, right?
2: (laughs) BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
0: We are live in Studio B. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern.
1: Tonight at 8.15, roughly, Eastern time, we will be live from BYU Fall Camp Post-Practice Media Availability. Hang out with us on the BYU TV Sports Facebook account for Facebook Live videos of players and coaches being interviewed, not to mention our recap and Q&A with you after Fall Camp Day 1 tonight. That is today and tomorrow, by the way. At about 8.15 Eastern Time.
0: We will know everything about BYU football after tonight's practice. We
1: will know. We will have every. Ed Orgeron thinks we will have every answer
0: to BYU football. We will know all of the plays, how many games BYU will win, who are going to be the starters. Whether BYU beats
1: Utah or not, all will be revealed not tonight. But it's going to be fun, right? Yeah. It's going to be love fun. It. I love it.
0: Who do you think will be the fall camp MVP? That is our Twitter question today. We will get to some more of your responses in just a bit. Maybe some of you think it's going to be Mo Longy. And maybe after reporting day, you think it is Mo Longy thus far. Just because of what goes into fitting a guy of that size with oh. a helmet, shoes, and gear.
1: The, listen, the Boise State game is not as hard as getting Mo Longy fit. It's not. So yesterday, Mo Longy got his equipment like everybody else. So he's trying on his helmet here, which was custom made and ordered for Molangi. Take a look at this. I mean, we tweeted this out. If if you're just listening on BYU Radio, but if you're watching, I mean that that's one big helmet. Like,
0: but it doesn't look big, it doesn't look that big on him, right? Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, and then he's and then he's getting his shoes, and and the shoe size of one Molangi is one size greater than LeBron James, and that is size 16. Okay, your okay. boy. Has a size 16 shoe. He looks like one happy camper. Who isn't happy when they get that orange Nike box? You know what I mean? You get that orange Nike box. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. You
0: walk into I've that. I've never closet. wanted to live in Holland more than when I get that You walk box. into that closet. It's like, whatever you want. Uh, well, it's
1: not. Compliance right now is
0: like, no, that's not <laughs> the case. <laughs> it's distributed yeah. fairly, yes. But just to be in that room, it's like, oh, oh man, you. I get one of all of these things that's, that's yeah amazing. Johnny Christmas out. in july like I, yeah, there's like fifteen
1: pieces of gear to twenty or something. It was fantastic.
0: who do you think will be the fall camp m v p at c l underscore living tweets in number twenty two squally Canada? If Greg Rebell gets to vote. Now, did Greg say something about Squally being well, a camp MVP? Well, Canada.
1: Ah, okay. That, that okay, whole, that time. Remember in. the A cool thing about
0: Canada? So, A cool thing about Canada could be Squally, Squally Canada, even though Squally's not Canadian.
1: What if it? What if in season it turns into, it's not about the country, it's about Squally Canada? A cool thing about Canada. Squally Ooh. Canada? Ooh, well, hey, maybe like, he, he can could throw that, right? it. We, like We don't we don't ask you know, what it is beforehand. He just tells us. What if he just throws a wrinkle in there? A cool thing about Squally Canada?
0: At Rye Ben 3. Even though yesterday's odds weren't high, I'm going to go with Jonah Triniman.
1: <laughs> 75 to 1? 75
0: to 1 odds. <laughs> Tanner's going to sling it, and Jonah's going deep. Hashtag magic happens.
1: I am excited for that because your boy Tanner Mangum's got the arm to find him. Uh, Taysom Hill definitely found Jonah Trinman against Toledo, but he underthrew him against Cincinnati. That ball's not going to be underthrown this year, I don't think.
0: At j Camp, I hope it's Matt Bushman. A lot of hype surrounding him after spring. Hopefully he had a great offseason and can continue to impress. He hasn't even
1: played in a game. The hype's big. I love it. I love it.
0: All of the fan events in store for you next, plus the latest on the PGA Tour. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, big thanks to the backup quarterback at BYU for joining us, giving us his expectations for Tanner Mangum, his uh, insight into who will be the fall camp MVP and why he's so excited about the emerging group of tight ends. Download the podcast to hear all that.
1: If you missed any of today's show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. Okay.
0: It's time for the Cougar Whip Around.
1: Football. Doing football fall camp in the summer begins today. We will have full coverage after practice, 8.15 Eastern, with Facebook Live videos of players and coaches being interviewed, as well as
0: our recap on Facebook Live and a QA and a with you. If you're near Provo, Utah, on any of the following dates, come hang out. August 4th, movie night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They are showing Moana. You're welcome. August 5th, hashtag BYU50 in Utah. August 15th, the Cougar kickoff, where you can meet the fall teams. Get a good grasp of what kind of athletes we have here at BYU. On the 17th, open football practice at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And on August 19th, the big blue bash in Salt Lake City. Jeremy and I happy to be back and involved with that.
2: Cougars in the NFL.
1: Safety Daniel Sorensen begins training camp today with the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Volleyball. USA men's volleyball lost to the Dominican Republic in three sets last night at the Pan-American Cup in Canada. Former Cougar Jake Langlois led Team USA scoring with seven points. The United States taking on Cuba tonight at 6 Eastern.
3: Cougars in the PGA.
1: Former BYU golfer Zach is currently tied for 28th at 200 par at the RBC Canadian Open in spite of cats on the course in the first round. Like we're, Canadian. tied for 54 at even par. Watch out for those crows. Daniel Summerhays just teed off. And is on the course. Back to you.
2: Cougars in the major
0: leagues. Jacob Brugman back in the lineup for the Oakland A's after missing Tuesday and Wednesday's games due to neck soreness. That's good news. He's batting eighth against the Toronto Blue Jays today at 1237 Eastern. In fact, that game is underway. The A's up 1-0. Cougars
1: in the Miners. Brendan Law one for five with stolen base in an Inland Empire 66ers win over Lake Elsinore Storm.
0: Jacob Hanneman in A baseball went one for five with a run for the Iowa Cubs. They lost to the El Paso Chihuahuas. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health you the most. DexterLaw.com. Who earned it today, Jerem? No clue. I
1: have no idea.
0: Wow. Who deserves the Rise and Shout today?
1: Well, there's a whole who who deserves
0: it. Yes, who deserves it? I, I think we should. How about how about Mick Hill? The equipment who handed manager. out all the equipment yesterday yes. and his staff. Mick, Mick and his Hill. staff.
1: Yeah, yeah, because earned it. It's a whole lot of talk right now, but someone who actually worked and earned it Mick yesterday. Hill. It was Mick. Mick Hill. By the way, I was saying Ed Orgeron. It's Orgeron.
0: Correction. There you go. See, and you gave a shout out to Mick just because you want those eleven and a No, Mick does <laughs> a great job, and I want some shoes. <laughs> Who do you think will be the fall camp MVP? Our elite tweet of the day from at Fanatic, The equipment manager who finds the gear to fit Mo.
1: Now, that's not Mick. That's uh, one of his guys. But that whole crew, they do a fantastic job. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand on BYUSN.com.
0: Our audio podcast airs on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Darren Yancey, number 97. BYU Sports Nation back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. But don't forget, we will see you tonight on Facebook Live at 815 Eastern. Don't miss day one of practice.